podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. When you rely on the internet for everything, you need speed that can handle anything. And now Xfinity delivers Wi-Fi speed faster than a gig. Check out our amazing offers on internet and learn about the latest breakthrough from Xfinity. Wi-Fi speed faster than a gig. That's more than enough speed to power all your devices and then some. Go online, call 1-800-XFINITY or visit a store today to learn more. Restrictions apply. Gig Wi-Fi requires gig speed and compatible X5 gateway. Actual speeds vary and not guaranteed. Look, staying healthy isn't easy. Watching your diet, hitting the gym, avoiding stress. But a good night's rest helps boost your overall health and wellness. And it couldn't be easier. The new Sleep Number 360 Smart Bed is the only bed that effortlessly adjusts and responds to both of you. The result? You wake up ready for anything. Proven quality sleep is life-changing sleep. During our Memorial Day sale, save $1,000 on the new Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed, Queen Now $17.99, only for a limited time. To learn more, go to sleepnumber.com. G'day everyone and welcome to the Day Trippers. This is a week on the couch and what a week it has been. My name is George Xanthus and I'm joined here on the couch by Peter the Coach Kafinas making his Day Trippers couch debut. Yep, feeling special, feeling ready and it feels good to be back in Sydney. Yes, you've been away. We haven't actually done a pod, a proper pod that actually counts no. um, in, in a while. No, because the last one we did um, was rejected. It was, it was like a transfer request. It was request. a transfer <laughs> It was rejected. <laughs> Turned down. That's yeah. all right. <clears throat> um, so, yeah, so we've come just in time for... And we're right smack bam in the middle of the week. I mean, in Australia, it's the middle of the week. Yeah. And and we've got an advantage over everyone because in this in this time where um, transfers are amok, things get done in the in the hours of the night because they're trying... I don't know what they're doing. I don't know why it's the... Hour. I don't know. People well, just like working at night. We're lucky anyway because we wake up to all the news. We're not sitting there waiting minute by but minute. Now, I don't know what time it is right now in um, in the UK. Maybe we can do some Google check. But it's it, it's it's at a period of time where maybe they want to go to the, they want to go to sleep. They they can't stay up as long. And we're here, and it's it's a beautiful day today, by the way. What's one thirty a.m. One thirty. Yeah, they're going to bed. They're going to bed soon. They got work tomorrow morning. Soon they should be asleep. They should be. They should be sleeping right now. And we're getting all the news. We're getting the goss, and we have actually seen a lot of stuff. So today on the couch, we are going to talk about transfers. We're going to talk about the possible ins because there's been a flurry. Liverpool are are going hardcore right now, as we expected that they they would. Yeah. Uh, given Champions League qualification, given the positive start to the season, and um, the also break as well. the international <clears throat> break, and also given that. Um, that we have targets. I actually had another point there, but I don't know what it is. But we're just yeah. Well, the Arsenal match. Yeah, the Arsenal. Yeah, yeah, probably that. And also the the fact that we thumped Arsenal. And what we'll do is we'll talk about Arsenal because I think everything leads into the events that we're currently experiencing right now. Like we've got the Twitter feed up; it keeps going, and we've got news coming through as we are doing the show. So we'll do Arsenal. Um, that performance. We'll do, we'll do a, 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 maybe ten minutes on that, and then how that has led into the positive. Transfer, transfer news and speculation that we're experiencing right now. How does that sound, Pete? Perfect. Sounds let's, great. Let's get straight into it. Come on. Um, straight into it. Uh, the training match versus Arsenal. We destroyed Arsenal. That I'm going to say this. This might be a little bit of a... Um, I don't know. I don't know what people will think about this exclamation, but I think that that was the worst side I've ever seen play at Anfield. <laughs> isn't that isn't that a strange thing to say? Because we've had we've had Wolves, we've had Hull last season with the six one or whatever the score was. We've had bad teams come. We've had, we've played TNS Total Network Solutions. Remember that team? Yes. It's not even it's not even a team name. That's like a job. 
I mean, you don't have to even play there. What I provide is total network solutions. Like, um, sorry, what was that? Even even Man United's played. There. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, they've been good. Fuck them. They've been good. Fuck every single one of them. But that was that was bad. They gave the ball away. They didn't know what they were doing. They were playing a left, a right back at left back. They were they were playing two players who didn't want to be at the club. They took them both off. Kept their record signing on the bench. Kept their record signing on the bench. Wenger was confused. It was just bad and. The thing that summed it up was Salah's goal. Summed up how bad they were. Because, yeah, Bellerin again, the, 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 the right back playing left back and then went over to right back in a back four. It was just tactically confusing. Look, it they, was that the individual performances weren't there. The, the, good, the, the players who were supposed to play well played horribly. And they didn't have a shot on fucking target against a keeper who was willing to give them a goal. <laughs> No, Arguably. Don't be harsh there. <laughs> don't be harsh on Carrius. He's good looking. He is very good looking. No, but look, <clears throat> before the match... What do you think about that, though? Is that is that too harsh? I, I, they're probably not the worst team to have ever come to Anfield, but I, it felt like that. Okay, that's the worst I've ever seen Arsenal. If that means... Oh, if that, that's that's absolute, And this is all given the fact that we beat them 5-1 that time. I think this is, this is a more dominant and more damning performance look, I think the match, than that one. To sum it up, because... I'm sick of reading everyone like saying how bad Arsenal were and not giving us enough credit. Because that's completely fair as well. If yeah. you look at it, we set traps in the match throughout the match. We had set traps and it worked. So it was, we, like, it was like bare grills. We had set the traps and setting it a trap for a rabbit. But that's like we don't get the credit for it. But before the match, anyway, I was um I was a little bit nervous to be honest. I, was, I thought, what can I come with? Like you know, Lacazette and all this, and I'm you know Sanchez fit and the rest. Then I saw the 11, and I was like, whoa, we have a chance here because, you know, look at it. <laughs> mm. And the next thing you know, yeah, the rest is, the rest is history. But You saw their 11. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But like, <clears throat> you just on that Salah goal you're talking about, they left Bellerin back on his own because they reckon he's quicker than Usain Bolt over 20 metres, right? So they thought, you know, well, we'll forever in the attack. If anything comes out, you know, obviously Bellerin's fast enough to deal with it. I guess they've never they never met Mohamed Salah, have they? No. <laughs> the thing that was great about the, the match was that we created big chances. And one thing I remember when I was watching the game, there was a huge chance. I think it's Chan puts it on a plate Salah. for Salah. Yeah. Now Salah actually, I would love I would love to get I would love to get the angle behind Salah from the right side of the pitch because I want to see if his shot's actually even on target. It's barely on target. He's 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 hit it with the inside of his right foot. And it looks like it's going too far left. It's it's clearly going on target, but that was his problem to begin with. He he hasn't hit it properly. But anyway, but check him out a top save as well. Oh, it was a, it was a fantastic save, of course, yeah. of course. But um, it, it, you know, Salah Salah should have done better with it. But I was worried at the, with that chance going. I'm not worried, but I'm going. If Liverpool can create the chance again and again, what it does is it sets a it sets a a, a sort of a good habit. For the future, because remember in the past we've we've had that big ten and we don't put away the chance and it sort of deflates. What look what what happened here was we had that big chance. That was the that was a ten out of ten chance. You know the keeper pretty much prevented a goal. We win again and again and again, and we not only scored one, we scored two. We could have scored three or four. I love the fact that we just kept creating the chances. It wasn't like let's do a big ten and then let's back off. It was let's consistently play at eight out of ten. It's like the big the whole, wolf yeah. with the three little pigs. Yeah, yeah. Just kept huffing and puffing. Yeah, exactly. Until, yeah. Nah, Until we blew the house. <clears throat> um, but I like that. I like consistent creation of good chances. 
obviously that's what wins you a game. But some teams don't. It's not easy to set up like that. And Liverpool did do that. Look, as long as Firmino's playing, we're always going to have chances. He just creates them for fun. And I'm going to say that on purpose for my mate Steve-O. Steve-O Sideways, I think it is, on Twitter. Yeah. Can't ever see the head trippers. Yes, yes, one of our colleagues. He's a massive Firmino fan now. And um, just thought I'd mention that for him. Uh, there you go. <laughs> well, um, we we were talking about the good performances on the pitch. We just want to quickly give a shout out to Emre Chan because you and me are, are <laughs> traditionally long-standing fans. <sighs> I mean, we should we should we we should get to the style of play and the goals as well. But Emre Chan, what he does is everything that we both said that he does, and it's he beats players, he can take them out of the game, he carries the ball in midfield, he's strong, shrugs off. He fucking, he's, and he's beaten people with... We were just talking about that trick because we were watching a Lamar video. The trick where you you drag the ball back yeah, behind yeah. your leg and you keep going. He did it with his left foot. He did it with his, that's his fucking left foot. That's his go-to move. It's like any he, moment he can. It's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's like it, you can imagine it's like an L shape behind yeah. you. But he did it with his left foot. You know, it's um he's, he's such a skillful Look. player. And it's... You know what? No matter how much people now start rating him, he's still underrated in his in his ability on the ball. He's so fucking skillful. If I'm going to compare his performance to anything, for those who've seen the Avengers and that Hulk scene where he destroys everyone, <laughs> yeah, that was that. I was Emre Chan. Having said that, not not to move on from Chan, but to talk with him about talk about him with another player. Talk about the Hulk, Ginny Van Alden. There was a period where he ripped six players and then ripped them again. It was remember that bit, Ra- Ramsey. Yeah, but, and then he went back to rip him. And it's, like, he, it's like FIFA Street when you used to rip a player, you used to get 100 points, and you didn't want to score the goal yeah. until you ripped the player again so you get the double bonus. But before he did that to Ramsey, he actually bullied Zaka off the ball. Yeah. He just pushed him he down to the ground. And, yeah. and finally... Because what happened was he went so far forward that he was the furthest player forward and he actually had to hold up the ball. Usually you hold up the ball by just keeping it and then putting your arm out shielding it. He just went back and started beating people. I want to find the minute. That was of a, that. that was a, no. That was a, it. Would have been around the twenty eighth. Yeah, I reckon about twenty eighth minute. I think it was. I was okay. watching before I came here. Okay. Um, <clears throat> the but that's a fine. That's a performance from Wijnaldum we've been all waiting for. Mm. Like he's been a little bit quiet this season and a little bit towards you know scored against Middlesbrough at the end of the last season. But he's been a little bit quiet. Like sometimes he goes missing. Mm. Like I think on Twitter there was like a hashtag #WinVisible was like his you know, nickname yeah. whatever. But that performance on the weekend was that was his best I think I've seen in Liverpool shirt. So, in terms of I want to uh, we know it's sort of do we even need to talk about the attack? Maybe we can just in 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 a in a in a nutshell. It's just pace. It's getting in behind. But arguably Arsenal or another, they're a good team. Whenever we play good teams, we seem to concede possession and we go over the we don't go over the top, but we get them in behind because we've got too much pace. And that's why I can't that's, wait to uh, that's, that's right. But I'm, I'm looking forward to the Man City match already because I know that Pep will come and play. He won't, you know, sit back and want to park the bus. It's not him. He'll mm. want to come and play at us. So possession based football. That's that's you know that's Pep, which suits us. And they've got suspect left and right fullbacks anyway. That Mendy has no like. He's just come to the Premier League. I watched their game on the weekend. He was average. Mm. I'd love to see Salah running at Mendy. No problem. And has. Is Walker out still, or did he just get two yellows? He got the two yellows. He'll be back so for that be match. Back. But then again, he's suspect too. Yeah, we've ripped him before. Have we, I mean, in the past, Coutinho's left him for dead. Yeah, um, and that's and that's given the fact that Walker's supposed to be, you know, like Bellerin, quicker yeah. than Usain Bolt. Yeah, but that's so, what Mane yeah. could do him easy because Kyle Walker loves going forward and he forgets to come back. 
when we when we played them last season, it was the one one. He was he was getting bullied by somebody, and he actually came off with an injury. It was, it was sick. Yeah, it was Coutinho, but Mane was also switching yeah. with the center. So he was trying to cover as a fullback. So yeah, yeah, he's had problems with us. Yeah, so I'm, I'm, I can't wait to visit City. To be honest, this is the question. Um, how, what do we? Is there anything that we can take from these performances against? Because again, the lads, at Dave Trippers, and, and everyone's done the reviews of Arsenal, so yeah. we know we know how the game went. I want to take bits of the game that are positive and see how they apply to future events. What can we take from this game as a positive to apply to possibly? What if we come again, come up against a side that parks the bus? Is there anything that you can see from these games that bodes well for those sorts of games? Because we're getting in behind a lot. What happens when we can't get in behind? Because arguably also, just, uh, just to add another sort of suffix to that, our first goal or two were actual, they were build-up goals. They weren't counters. Yeah. You know, Gomez. I mean, Gomez does win it high up the pitch, so maybe that's the answer. Well, that's, you've, on that point there, right there and then, I... Something I saw in the Arsenal match, which is, I thought, I think it's definitely been introduced by Jurgen Klopp, as we said at the start of the season, not just transfer of players, but ideas. Now, throughout the Arsenal match, you'll notice that Wijnaldum and Emre Chan were high up on the pitch a lot. So with them two being high, with our front three being high, there's five players, nice and high up the park. Henderson often left on his own. But when Arsenal had won the ball, I don't know if you noticed, Dan Lovren was the one of the two centre-backs who always pushed up into the middle of the park yeah. and acted as a another defensive midfielder to press anyone coming in. So like as they would try and break, Lovren would step in and it would be two already sweeping in front of the back. Now it would be a three if you want to include the goalkeeper, a back four. So what that is is you're, you're pressing high and you're, you're condensing the top of the park. So therefore if they're sitting deep, like you said, sitting back, you've got now, if you include Dan Lovren, plus the front five and Henderson... There's seven players already squeezing now, nice and high in the park. Arguably, when you look at that on the field, because we, we can't, we're only podcasts here, we can't give you the visual, but if you can imagine it, you've got your front five, like you said, you've got Henderson, Lovren helps out Henderson, so he's got a two in the middle, Matip's left on his own as a one. Arguably, wouldn't you have your fullbacks also pressed up in Jurgen Klopp's system? They, they'd be well, up-ish. Yes, on ball side, though. So if the ball's on the left, you'd have Moreno high, but then... Gomez Hopefully will be tucking Gomez is in, back. Tucking in and acting as a second centre back. Hopefully. Now, um, having said that, this when you can imagine that in your in your mind, even if you do have Gomez or Moreno sitting, tucking in, yeah. you've got a two and a two. That is susceptible. If you if, if you do it right, you should you, Klopp should be hoping that we win the ball in that situation all the time. But that is that susceptible to a counter? Yeah, but, that, but, that's, our, what, but on... that's what Karius is beautiful at. Karius is actually... And that's what I was going to bring up. Karius is actually a really good sweeper keeper. Yeah. Okay, and people give him stick from the weekend. At the end of the day, statistics say it's a clean sheet in a 4 new win against Arsenal. Mm. Yes, he took too long to clear the ball a few times out of his box. 100% he did. But that comes with games as well. He's rusty. Mm. Let him play. And he come up for corners. He punched them 100 metres on the other side of the other pitch. Things that we all smash uh, Minulet for, he's gone and done well, and we still want to. I like Carries anyway, but and that's what Carries does really well. He steps in out of the box as a sweeper keeper to to prevent that kind of counter attack. So hopefully, going forward in the future, when we do do this, when we do have this centre back coming into midfield, we've got the covering fullback. Maybe the fullback's not there, even if that does get 
uh, breached. We do have carriers who's quicker out off his line. He doesn't only stand back, uh, stand more forward. He's also quicker off his line. He's much quicker with his feet. Yeah. In terms of literally the way that he pumps his feet, he can actually he can just get there quicker. He ch- he can so use we both. we can defend against that long ball a little bit easier then. So that 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 bodes well for the future. And that's, look, it's a risk you have to take in football, right? But that's that's Jurgen Klopp's risk, and that's I mean I support to be honest because it's a positive risk. It's a we have to try and break down this this bus because the bus at the end of the day was the ones that stopped us from from fourth to second last year. Mm. It was those teams. Okay, so coming on to that, what can we see in these games? So that was that what you were talking about there was the press. Yeah. Now that's winning back the ball. Yeah. What do we do when we have eighty percent of the ball against these these teams like Burnley last season when we lost two 0 What can you see from these opening games? Uh, we've played five now. What can you see from those games that um, gives us confidence? Um, playing against teams that park the bus because I'll, I'll let you think about it. One thing that I can see is that I mentioned this in the opening game against Watford and it's been brought up um, and I don't want to sound like I am taxing ideas because I did bring it up a few weeks ago but the Anfield Rappaport also brought it up as well so people are cottoning onto it. What did we see in that first game against Watford was that these speculative balls from Henderson. What I think is Klopp said and in my opinion this is how I would analyze it if it's getting boring, if we can feel like we're getting into this monotonous, slow buildup, put the ball, put a high percentage ball into a dangerous area, let them take it, win it back. Remember, there was that theory as well last season that that Jurgen Klopp's Dortmund team of the teams of the past would purposefully give the ball away to win it back and catch them off guard. Because when you lose the ball, you're, you're not in your defensive shape. So, you're, not, you're not. You're not defending an attack properly. It gives you a second or two. It's like it's like giving a, a, a knockout blow to a boxer for like two seconds. They don't. They don't cover up because they're they're a bit dazed. So arguably, one of the things that I've seen in these games, whether it's against Watford or Arsenal, is that when when we we lose ideas, there's just a high percentage ball put in, and then we press. Press the shit ball, so to speak. Yeah. Henderson. Let's just say it's Henderson putting in a Hollywood pass, and it misses Gomez. If it goes out for a throw, press the throw. If it if it gets controlled by their fullback, press the fullback. So it's almost like if it's, if, if it's getting it, setting a trap. <laughs> if we if it gets boring, play the ball somewhere dangerous. If we, it's like three. There's like three options. Yeah. One of the options is also that your player gets onto the end end of the ball, and it's a fucking you know it's a good opportunity. So that's one thing that I've seen that bodes well for that parking bus stuff yeah and that's again what we said before the match I said we obviously set the traps we need to get the credit for okay but what I've seen different and I don't know if you noticed in the Hoffenheim game just look at Emre Chan's goals right Mm -hmm. look at Emre Chan's positioning against Arsenal for example I'm using him as the example because he's done it the best so far out of our midfield players but what I think is going to happen now with with the likes of you know the interest of Lamar and the interest of Oxlade-Chamberlain I think what you will see to beat these deep defending teams is mm-hmm. our midfielders going beyond our front three. So okay. overloading. So you, you're going to have numbers in the box. You have numbers everywhere. So from what Firmino is very good at is stepping out of the line, getting the ball, and creating something. Once Firmino steps out of that line, Someone replaces you're going to see him. Emre Chan, Wijnaldum, Thomas Lamar, Oxlade-Chamber, whoever it is, into these areas, and they're just gut-filling. And, you know, and arguably... They don't, or, or they don't actually have to replace Firmino because sometimes Mane comes in to replace Firmino or Salah does. So they're, they're wondering if Chan's going to replace Firmino, where is he actually going to replace him in the front line? He could replace him out on the left. Exactly right. Which it, is what he did for that Salah goal. But it could be Trent Alexander. I mean, Salah chance, sorry. It could be TAA going. It could be Moreno. It could be Gomez going wide. It could be anybody. But that's 
I think the way we're going to break these teams now is by that, by getting just overloading in these areas because that's where we're dangerous. And then like you talked about, if we're overloading in those areas, we've got those five forward. And then when they break on us, we're just going to do that same thing we did. The Lovren, the Lovren press, the Henderson Lovren in the middle, the fullback covering, and then carry us hopefully in the future or a sweeper keeper coming back to take care of the long ball. Yeah, and look, I've got my doubts with Henderson in terms of you know his ability on the ball, like passing range, whatever. But what Henderson is unbelievable at, and against Arsenal, he was almost perfect at it, was intercepting. Yeah. How many times did he just quick interception? Bang, win the ball, release. Bang, win the ball, short pass somewhere else. Because, you know, I can't see him creating anything really. But in terms of like winning the ball and actually dominating... Anybody try to come out of an Arsenal player and he just smashed them, win the ball back and go, here, mate, do something. Or here, when Alden, go on your turn. And I think that's what Henderson's really, really good at. And because he's got that energy and he's got that intelligence where he can read a game pretty well, in, uh, Henderson. Hmm. You know, and, that's what made, and that's what made him really successful against Arsenal. But um, no, it's all positive. I do want to do a, another quick shout out to Joe Gomez. I thought he was absolutely spectacular. What a, what a fucking game. I think we've forgotten him. Like People, I mean, but... but one thing that I've also noticed about this was that I, I also said this before the before the season, and I wrote a piece on it. Calm the fuck down, Liverpool supporters. Calm the fuck down. What did we do? We drew three all against Watford, and we reacted in the moment. Not there. Remember when we drew when we lost two nil against Burnley? What does everyone say about last season that we started the season strongly? Remember yeah. there was a two nil loss to Burnley in that where we all fucking shut down. It was that like game two, wasn't it? It was game two. Always reserve your opinions for a, a six to nine game block. Now, if we look to this, six games, five games isn't isn't that far away from six. If you look at that five game block, people are talking about what a start to the season it was. Yeah. Having said that, give Gomez a game or two to get back into it. Give Henderson a game or two to get back into it. Give Vinaldum a game or two to get back into it. All the Chan, all these players we're talking about, Salah even. Yeah. Salah was performing in. We've even said it that he was a little bit average in the opening games. He still scored. Now he put in a performance like that. He also he scored, set up, and he was good. He's at, he's now added the full ninety minute performance for me. Let's give this team some time. It looks like when when stuff starts to click, you know. I think people forget how good Joe Gomez was when he was under Rogers before the severe injury that he caught. Like, at fullback as well. People forget, and people forget very very quickly in, in his Twitter world. But now you're seeing the Joe Gomez of old, that one that we remember. And Joe Gomez can only get better. Look at his age. Look at his size. His athletic ability. Look at look at his build. He's born to defend. Like just be patient. And Moreno. I, yeah, and we talked about Moreno beginning of the season. I think there's a stat out that no defender has won more tackles than Moreno in the Premier League this season. Give I him think, a chance. Give him a chance. I know he was bombed out last season, but players can grow. Klopp sees him on the training field every week. If people are saying that they don't believe that Moreno can be reinstalled into the side, you're not watching him at training. Week in, week out. Klopp's seen that and gone, you know what, Alberto, you've learnt something and you've gotten better through a year's worth of training and in this situation where you need to come into the in, into the team, I think you've improved. And why not? There's also rumours of him um, <coughs> being back in the Spanish national team, like radar again. Like So obviously he didn't get chosen for the games now, but mm. there's... There's talks of him being back on the radar for the and, national team. And we won't jump the gun. He's not the best left back in the world all of a sudden. But he's decent. He's a, he's a good option all of a sudden. Um, should we should we talk about how the Arsenal game now, how it how it looks in terms of the whole Liverpool picture, like transfers and, and all that? Because we were saying that 
it is like a timeline. When you do look at Arsenal, one of the things that you notice was that uh, Oxlade-Chamberlain leaves the field on 60 and all the rumours surrounding him. It's almost like the rumours started there and they, they, they escalate from there. We go to Keita, we go to Lamar, there's Coutinho thing. So why don't we start right at the beginning? Oxlade-Chamberlain, he goes off. And there's a, a, there's a round of applause for him. And, and I don't know, you noticed some things as well. I <laughs> did. <laughs> I think when he, when, didn't he leave the pitch and go straight to the Arsenal fans and start chanting when they're out? Yeah, he did. Okay. He, he also, when he was walking off, if you noticed, I don't know, everyone noticed this specifically, but his shoe was pointing <laughs> towards, towards the cop. <laughs> so he was walking, but he was walking a little bit weird. And his shoe, it's as if he's saying, I'm coming. I'm coming. I'm a shoe in. For Liverpool, I think I saw him in that. Van. I'm ready to give Arsenal the boot. That's what he was saying. Wasn't he in that van? <laughs> what? Which one? The van that the van, the Twitter van, the Twitter stalk van. People, can you explain what's going on with this van? I don't even know what it is. All I've already come to three thousand tweets of people following some Mercedes silver van. Apparently, it's the it's van, the transfer van. It's amazing. It's probably just a dad in a Tarago with his two kids. It's like, what are these people following me? People, man? Like, but like, it's full on. Like, there's people on the road. I'm behind this car. Who's in the car? Oh yeah, right. He's at the airport. Who's coming? Like, just slow down. In the nose. In slow the nose. down. But um, we talking about Oxlade Chamberlain in the in the wake of that performance. He's seen Liverpool. He's seen how bad Arsenal were in that game. But he's also seen what Jurgen Klopp is doing. And what we're seeing now again, finally, Jurgen Klopp is pulling players to Liverpool. And we've got news, breaking news this morning, that Oxlade-Chamberlain has apparently turned down Chelsea. Chelsea and he's he's going to wait to see if Liverpool are ready to match Arsenal's bid and whether Arsenal are willing to deal with, with Liverpool. Because there are also sort of talks about Arsenal don't want to... Um, they don't want to sell to Liverpool. They prefer to sell to Chelsea. Yeah, because of that raping 4-0 win. No, mm. but there's... I think we're waiting out to see what happens with Lamar. I think Lamar's first choice, then it's Oxlade-Chamberlain, in you my reckon? opinion. Oh, that's what I think. So so you don't see us signing both players because because Oxlade-Chamberlain is arguably a, a an option at centre mid. He's and like a Chan slash... Um, he's like a quicker version of a Chan or a Vinaldum. Well, he's like, he's like a young Lalana. The way mm. I would compare him. So he, okay. can, he can play in the middle or he can play out wide. Okay. Well, that's good. So he's, yeah. a, he's an option for those three. He can also play in the front three because he's very quick. Yeah. And then he's also a, a wing-back option if we ever do go to a, a back three. But no, but that's why he wants to leave. But but the thing is, if he goes to Chelsea, he's purely a right wing-back. Yeah. If he stays at Arsenal, he's purely a right wing-back. Whereas Klopp would have... You can imagine Klopp saying to him, if you come here, you're a right, you're a right center mid option. Then you're my front three option. And if we're trying to see out a game, you know, for the last 15 minutes and we're playing back three, I'll stick you out in the right wing as right wing back. Look, I agree with the tweet I read earlier today. It was um, there, is a, there is a player inside Oxlade Chamberlain somewhere that just needs to be <clears throat> awakened. You know, yeah. it's one of those ones where, you know, awake, awake the beast. Yeah. And I think that's what Jurgen Klopp's, uh, he's famous for. So he's, Jurgen Klopp is well known to bring the best out of players. Yeah. So. If that's the case, then oh, look. To be honest, I'm happy if we sign Oxlade. I like him, and I want. I want. I, I think he's the. I think he's a great signing. 23 years old, English. Also, a big note about this: he's English, young and English. We don't have. Look at our starting lineup in that game. We had Henderson and Gomez. There was a period where we did have a lot of English players, like Lalana. We had um, Klein. We had Milner in the side. We had Klein. Obviously, Klein would replace Gomez. Um, 
but we don't have that many English people. So yeah. it's important to sign an English player. I think Oxley Chamberlain, for me now, I've just convinced myself he's a, he's a priority in my opinion. Well, look, he just he's another body to the to the puzzle of uh, the Premier League puzzle for us anyway. Like he's just all, I think he's he's good because he adds that versatility for us. Like like we said before, he can. You know, play out wide if you know Mane or Salah need a rest. Beautiful. Oxlade goes there. If Wijnaldum or Khan need a rest, or you know Khan plays up with his injuries again, here we go. Go on there. Because I don't think we're losing Coutinho. I did. Okay, look, we'll, we'll put a pin in Coutinho because we just want to get onto the timeline. Yeah. Because Naby Keita signed for Liverpool. Yes. So that oh. as soon as we win four nil, we announce Naby Keita. I can't. I woke up to that. and I'm just going. This can't be happening because you know. I'm a little bit upset at the not at the signing, so don't jump guns and start you know death threats. Pete, you're upset at the signing. Why? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm actually why? Why? The I'm number upset. eight thing. Oh, <laughs> yeah, we talked about that. You didn't want him to be number eight. I we can't. don't know if he's number eight I yet, have, man. I'm too we attached. I'm too attached. We don't know if he's number eight yet. I know, I, but the thing is, there's massive rumors of number eight. Look, welcome, Navi Kaita. You, you're, you know, you're a beast. You're this. You're that. You're perfect. We're gonna get you cheaper, which is unbelievable. Um, yeah, good. Just, just don't touch number eight. Ooh. How about eighty-one? I don't mind. Nah, let him, let him take eight. No. I, 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 I think I'm happy with that. How about eighty-eight? You get two eights. No. Yeah, that's fair. What are you, Ronaldinho? <laughs> Remember that fucking period where he wore a fucked up number at Milan? What did yeah. he wear? Eighty-eight. Eighty-eight. But still. Oh my god. But look, just don't. Not. It's too soon. How too about, soon. How about we're zero eight? Zero eight. It's not eight. <laughs> no, I can't do it. <laughs> well, okay, apart from that, we're happy with the signing of the player, but it, it adds another midfield body next season. We're going to have a lot of players in that midfield if we do sign someone like Oxlade-Chamberlain or, or well, Lamar. Well, what's pissing me off is Emre Chan's contract. Yeah. Just, anyway. What it, whatever happens, the signing of Naby Keita, I'm so surprised because, look, when it's not like we are going to make top four. We're challenging for the title. We can, you know, we have to be... Positive about that, but he's signed that Liverpool could very much if they do finish outside the top four, Cater comes anyway. So I'm, I'm surprised that he signed that deal, you know, a year a year in advance because Liverpool are still not an established top four side. We need to do it two seasons in a row, three seasons. That's when you start getting the Alexis Sanchez's of the world coming because that's one of the reasons why he did join Arsenal was because he didn't see Liverpool as a consistent challenger for the top four. So I'm not saying we're not going to make top four next season, but I'm just surprised that a player like Naby Keita, who could probably join anyone in the world, um, has has just has opted to join a year in advance. Having said that, I'm not surprised because we've got Jurgen Klopp, we're playing a certain way, and Naby Keita specifically said, I want to join this project. Now, I don't know if this is bullshit, but I think something about uh, <clears throat> in his contract was if Red Bull was to um, bow out early in the Champions League or something, that we could actually... Get him in Jan? Yeah. What? Wow, that's an option. Get him on loan, maybe, yeah, for the first yeah. six months. If that's the case, then phew, get him in. Well, let's see what happens in January. It's like in January, one of our signings is, can we have our own player early? Um, and when the comes back I, in January. I don't see that happening. But what, what I was going to say was, the signing of Naby Keita, what it does is not only... Uh, it's it's a possible... What's that? I'm just looking at Red Bull's uh, group. <laughs> oh, yeah, their group. Monaco, Porto, Besiktas, and then Leipzig. Eh, tricky. Trick, it is a tricky little group. But what, what Keita does do is... He covers the loss of Coutinho, if that happens. We're going to get onto Coutinho after this. Um, it covers the loss of Chan in case he doesn't want to sign his new contract, which I think he is. Because I think he wants to. You know what I think has happened with Chan's contract? Um, I think he he wanted a hundo. And it's, you know what? It's the same fucking problem. We didn't learn lessons as Sterling. 
Sterling just said, give me a hundo. And then Rogers, or n- n- not Rogers, but maybe maybe the, the board said, we don't want to give him a hundo. And Rogers said, you know what? I agree with you because you're too young. There's this sort of reluctance to give a young player that hundo, that six figures a week. But what's happened is his worth has gone up. Emery Chance has. Our reliance on him has gone up. And now we've made the Champions League. So he's he's now gone, your reliance on me, extra 10 grand. We've made the Champions League. You've got more money. Extra 10 grand. We made top four last season when you didn't give me the, the extra um, hundo. And other t- He's probably asking now for 120, 130. Juventus are interested in me. Hundo 40. I'm not saying he's asking for that, but he's probably now asking for more money. So every time Liverpool delay, they're adding 10,000 per week. So just fucking do it right now. Just do it. But I also think that Jurgen Klopp had a dig at him, like a a sly dig when he said, now that we've qualified for the Champions League, players who want to sign contracts. And he even said like, why why won't you sign the contract until we make the Champions League? You need to help us make the Champions League. WTF. Maybe he said that. So I think that was a sly dig at Chan because possibly he was going, because Liverpool got Hoffenheim, he's probably thinking, oh, are they actually going to get through to the Champions League? Do I want to stay at Liverpool this season or will I accept a Juventus offer? All that's parked, it's under the bridge, whatever. Now it's just a matter of time. But I do think now what's happened is Chan's now asking for more. That's why it's taking a while. Give him it. Just give him it. Give him it. Um, so Naby Keita covers possible Chan departure, which won't happen. It covers a Coutinho departure, which possibly could happen. We'll get onto that. It covers Lalana injury. It covers a lot of things. So Keita's a great signing for the future. Welcome, Naby Keita. Just don't touch number eight. Don't touch number eight. Getting on to the next piece of news, Felipe Coutinho. Do you want to go with Lamar or Coutinho? Uh, let's go Coutinho first. Right. Um, no, nah, let's go Coutinho. I said we're putting a pin in it. People want to hear about Coutinho. Well, let's make this quick. I'll make it quick. Because there's not much to talk about. I think he's leaving. I think he was injured. Nah. At one point. And then he was, and then he came back earlier than what they've made out that he's come back. And I think Jurgen Klopp is the one that's gone, you will not see the field. Mm, that's an interesting theory. Until this is all over. Because right now we're in a good space. Our players are in a good headspace. The fans are not on Twitter, but the fans are in a good headspace because we're all positive. You only come in as the as the black sheep. So you stay out until this is all over. We clear you once this is all over. You come out, you apologize. We bring you back in slowly, slowly, because you're not starting, because let's face it, you won't fit in this team at the moment. Everything's going too well. And we work you back in, and you gain everyone's trust back again. Not just going to throw you in and play. I think Jurgen Klopp, because part of the manager's job is to protect his players. And I think Jurgen Klopp has protected Coutinho very, very, very well. Because he's kind so you of, think their relationship would that be an amicable relationship in all of that? One hundred percent. I think. I think it's. You know, why not say something like that? What I again, he we, doesn't brought, need to. We, we brought this up on a podcast before. How Mourinho says everything he's thinking, and but, you know, Liverpool managers historically have always needed to hide behind these yeah. smoke screens. Why does he just say, "Look, he was injured for a bit. I had a chat to him." The trans Jurgen Klopp has not once admitted that um, Felipe Coutinho has been uh, a speculative target for Barcelona. He has not actually said it because he doesn't want to give truth to the rumors because they are still rumors. Exactly right. So why not? But he doesn't need to. It's not. That's not him. Like so, what the world doesn't need to know what's happening behind closed doors. They don't. I know. But it would. It would. Because at the moment, in his instance, he's he's probably he's some. I reckon that the the the. the reaction from the supporters at the ground and everything will be a lot more 
it would be cleaner. I'm not saying it'd be better because it's been fantastic, especially in the Arsenal game. It'll just be cleaner because we know what's going on. Why does he just come out and say, look, I had a chat to Coutinho. He was injured. I don't think his head is in the right space. Like Virgil van Dijk, Pellegrino came out and said, his head's not in the right spot. I've made him tra- train alone. Klopp should say, you know what? The team's going really well. I don't think Phil fits into it right now. I'm going to let him... And, and just admit that he's a, he's a target for Barcelona. Yeah, but see, that's an option. And the other option is, like, he's done. It's just, just shut up. Don't say anything. Focus on what's more important, which is the current team and the that's current games. That's a good games. point. Yeah. Why bring up something like just... Like, for example, everyone wanted to make this whole Mignolet thing a massive deal before the game. It's a decision. The managers made a decision and it was good and it paid off. It was a clean sheet. So don't worry about the decisions so much. Worry about the games. Worry about what's more important about the future, things like that. Don't worry about what's happening now with Coutinho because right now, do we need him? No. Do we need him in the season? Yes. Hmm. It just let it happen. Let it all play out. We've got international break now. Once the international break's over, so is the transfer deadline. And then we see what happens. So if you ask me, I think he's going for the, for the pure reason that Liverpool want the cash up front. Now, they don't want him to leave. That's true. But they said, if we're going to let him go, you're giving us £138 million pounds or £140 million pounds or £150 million, whatever the fucking figure is, because it's always different. Some people say €150 million, Euro, then the next person says £150 million, pounds, yeah. which is like a discrepancy of £20 million something or other. Anyway, yeah, it's all rubbish. But whatever it is, Liverpool want it up front because then they can just give that upfront money as upfront to get their targets instantly, or it helps them in their bon- in their packages that they're putting together, possibly. So the only way they're going to get rid of him is if they get the money up front, and Barcelona are panicking, and they're probably going to do it. So Liverpool like, we are rejected. And to them, it's a 9 out of 10 chance that they will reject, because they do not expect Barcelona to come in with 140 upfront cash. But Barca have the cash, so they can actually do it. So Liverpool have said... In the 9 out of 10 situation that they don't come up with the cash, we don't sell. But in the 1 out of 10 chance that they do, we take the money. Sorry, Liverpool fans, we lied, uh, you know, so to speak, on the on the website in that statement. But then we take that money and we've got people lined up. Lamar, Oxlade-Chamberlain, I don't know if Sanchez is still in the picture. But and that's what I think. That 150 mil, whatever it is, it actually pays for Van Dijk and Lamar. So, and but we already had the money for those two, yeah, but, but yeah, yeah that it, it just, does. It it, it, you know yeah. what it does? It helps us spend that money now. Yeah. Instead of because we we're always going to spend seventy five on Van Dyke, the question would have been: Do we give it up front? Do we give it later on? Do we give twenty now, twenty this? When he bonuses add on, we lower the bonuses and we make it more enticing for the club like Southampton. So we still spend the money; we just spend it earlier. The time value of money for all you economics geniuses out there. Um, but yeah, that's I, I think. But me personally, even even though those are the situations, if Barca come in with the cash, I think he's gone. I think he's been gone for a while. And I, I sort of see your point, and I understand that thing with Klopp trying to protect the player. My theory is that Klopp's had enough of him. And I, I can that, that press conference when he was saying, when people asked him for the first time when the transfer request had come in, he was red. Yeah. First time I've seen him upset but in a press it, conference. We've also seen him, how when he's upset with a player, look at Saka, for example... He's been very vocal at how Sako pissed him off. Yeah, but he, but he doesn't care about pissing off Sako because he wants him out of the club. Yeah, but not, he, not at that he, moment. With, with, with Coutinho, he knows that he can be upset with him, but he can't he can't throw him under the bus in the press because that gives Coutinho and his camp full reason to then say, look what you said in the press. I think he was biting his tongue because he, he's a world-class player. You can't talk about a world-class, world-class player like that. And he's a world-class coach, so it works yeah. both ways. Look, I want to wrap this up, I reckon. This Coutinho talk. Yeah. I want to say it's win-win for Liverpool. All yeah. right? You sell him at 150 million. Yeah. I'm, I'm of that opinion as sort of of that opinion as well. I've come to terms with it. I've accepted it. Yeah. So you get 150 million. You can buy your Lamar's and Van Dykes if we get them. Whatever. Or Lamar and 
uh, Oxlade Chamber or anybody. And or either way, you've got 150 million to come into January and say, let's get everyone. Mm. So you get okay. The other positive is we keep Coutinho. It's World Cup year. He has to play, and he has to play well if he wants to make he the will. squad. He's not going to walk in because let's face it. If you look at the news this morning. Uh, he's benched. He's not even in the squad for the next game because mm. he lack of games. Mm. So if you're not playing and you want to be a sook at Liverpool, you're not going to the World Cup. Mm. So you have to play and you have to play well. You play well, you have a good World Cup, and all of a sudden you're not $150 million anymore. You're $250 million. And then we can say, off you go to Barcelona. Mm. So it's win-win. Yeah. Well, could, one, of the, one of the things we talked about earlier, we put a pin in it again, like pin and pin, was Lamar. And yeah. um, that's a possible... A possible play that, you know, in that worst case scenario, and I still do think it is worst case scenario, I, I want to keep Coutinho. I just think if the money comes up front that we'll sell him. And if we do, the reason why I don't think it's that bad is because we could bring in Oxley, Chamberlain and Lamar, which is not a bad option because we've obviously, you know, Van Dyke is, is the other option and that's got nothing to do with our attack uh, unless he's taking free kicks and scoring from the corners. But um, that's trends. we watched a little bit of, um, watched a little bit of, uh, of Lamar just before. Um, one thing that I like about him, so... Position, can we agree on his position? He looks, the modern day number 10 or the modern day attacking midfielder is someone who plays on the wing and also comes inside with the ball and acts as a playmaker. Is that right? He's like, he's like he drifts from the middle drifts. to the left and then back in again. He's like yeah. a drifter, a left-sided drifter. Left-sided drifter, but he stays on the left, surprising. Now he's left-footed, he's not that tall. Um, so he's got that Coutinho build. Um, he's, he's, he's pacey. Um so I don't know. Is is he's, he's pretty much a a Coutinho like replacement? Just left footed. Yeah, and that's another. Yeah. And how old is he? Twenty one. Twenty one. Yeah. He's like he's one of those raw projects, isn't he? Like he's got that raw talent. If you watch him, there's something there again, like the whole Oxlade thing. There's something there. We just need to sign him and be patient. I think because I'm not, it's, I'm very vocal that I'm not a fan of the French league. Mm. So coming from the French league, I think he will need. Some time, and mm. it may or may not work. Just look at Origi as well, superstar in France, now third, fourth choice striker at Liverpool. I don't know. So we we do see him as uh, possibly he can play in the front three. He can also possibly play like Coutinho does in the middle three as an attacking midfielder. Yeah. Is that I think right? if you say pick him, his position is your left sided attacking midfielder. And that's interesting. He does play on his favourite side. But he could possibly come in on the right as well. It's just arguably probably Monaco have a player that, that plays out on the right. They probably just need the balance. So he could possibly play on the right as well. Now, one thing that we did notice was his technique of um, how, how, how he does strike a ball. And that's the one thing that I've liked most about him. So left-footed, obviously. But he's just got, we were saying, it's very hard to articulate on a podcast. But it's a certain, and we're not going to compare him to someone like Beckham. But Beckham obviously had a specific style of hitting the ball where his foot was already in a position to curl it. What I like about Lamar is you look at some of his highlight videos, you can only tell a little bit from these videos, but technique, short back, look, minimum backlift, what we're saying? It's almost zero backlift, but complete follow through. Yeah. It's like a chip, balls always curling at a certain trajectory. And that's what I like. It's consistent delivery, consistent left foot curling delivery. And it's with pace, whipped with pace. And he's developed that very young age, 21. He knows because Coutinho's current technique, it's taken him a yeah. few years to get that. Lamar's got it already. You can tell that if, you, if, you're, if you're a technical analyst of football, you can tell that. If that's what he wants to come and wants to bring to the club, then beautiful. <laughs> he takes free kicks. He takes corners. 
So we're possibly getting a left-footed option. I mean, we did say Robertson could take free um, corners. corners yeah. Kent also can take some with his left foot. If you have but, a place. But we're, but we're, get, we're possibly uh, interested in a player here that takes set pieces consistently, and we've been missing that from corners. Hendersons aren't consistent. <laughs> they're, they're different all the time. Lamar's delivery is always that, that back. You see his foot. Watch the video. Watch videos of him delivering it with his left foot. Always that little flick right at the end with his foot. It's it, great. It's got that, that, that old school, that left foot dip that the left footers have that they're famous for. And then we also saw, because he's doing because he's got this positioning of his foot, when he hits the, when he tries to strike the ball with his laces, because of the way his foot's positioned, he knuckle puck. What did you, sorry, you, you called it that. The knuckle ball. The knuckle yeah. ball. It's like in the Mighty Ducks. When, so what, what that is, for those of you who can't see what we're doing with our hands, <laughs> it's like how Diego Forlan hit the ball in the, in the South African World Cup, where the ball dips everywhere. Or well, like, Ronaldo does well, it. Or Ronaldo does it as well. Famously, anyway. So that, that happens when you, you position your foot a certain way and whatever. So I do like his delivery. Not only that, he's quick, skillful, he can turn. Only 21. Coutinho replacement. But they're playing hardball too, right? They're saying it has to be 100 million or something now. Fucking give it. If we lose, that's what, you know, we're basically planning to say if we lose Coutinho, get these two in. I'm loving the fact of um, offering, I think it was 60 plus Origi. Origi, that's a very good idea. Yeah. I think it's a great idea. Yeah, because Origi's, yeah, I don't think he's really. I think his time's up. Um, any other transfers? I mean, Virgil van Dijk. I mean, well, that, that, that was Lamar. I think we're both, we both uh, approve. Yeah, I'm keen for we, Lamar. We approve of Lamar. We approve of Oxlade-Chamberlain. Um, we're, we're both sort of iffy on the Coutinho, whether he leaves or whether he stays. Yeah. Um, van Dijk. There's a lot more positive talks out of Van Dijk than there are of Lamar in terms of he's coming. In terms of progression of the deal. Yeah. I st- I'm... I'm you know what? I'll do the jinx. I'm gonna be. I want. I want to be wrong about Coutinho. I want him to stay. I also want to be wrong about this. I think. I don't think we get Van Dyke. Not now, anyway. Mm. I think we'll end up getting him. Whether it might be January or the next window. Yeah. yeah. I think we will get Van Dyke. I don't know if it's going to be in this window. I'm but also. Think- I'm also. I'm also worried about um, Southampton hate drafting and doing like a sell to Chelsea just so Liverpool can get their com- comeuppance. Yeah. I just look. I just think we do need one more defender. If it's not, I don't know, because we do have Gomez now as an option because he's he's playing better. Yeah, well, he can play centre back. Yeah, but I think we need a centre back because mm. our right side sorted. If you're going to look at it as TAA, Klein and yeah. Gomez, and the left side is now Moreno, Milner, Robertson. Yeah, and the centre backs are only Matip, Klavan, and Lovren. With obviously Joe Gomez, Joe Gomez yeah. coming in, but I'm just saying, let's just say outright, you know, centre backs that at the moment they're listed mm. as centre backs. That's only them three. Mm. I think we still need one more there. Yeah. Um, any more? Any more sort of rumours that we're looking at on the thing? We've got outs. We've got Sarko. I think he'll he'll obviously leave. accepted. The thing's twenty million up front. No, 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 no. I I saw that that was not true. No, no. It's uh, they're, they're holding out for thirty. I feel so sorry for him. Yeah, I think look. If we don't sell him, we need to play him until we get Van Dyke. It's as simple as that. Mm. Okay. Anyway, I'm not going to get into that because that's just another topic. But he's gone. He's never. He's, he's never. He's gonna, never going to fucking play. Yeah. But anyway, I, I like Saka. I have a soft spot for him. He loved the club. Yeah, he did. Oh well, he's gone now. Um, to wrap up, what would you? What are your feelings on on FSG at the moment? Because there's a lot of talk. I just did a, a very quick look at the Twitter front page, and there's all this stuff about FSG in people, FSG out people. Um. People, I don't know if anyone's heard me talk before, but 
you know I'm a big I'm a fan of what they're doing at the club. They're not ten out of ten, but they're not bad. And I, I like the sustainability that they, they, they're giving the club. This surely bodes well for them. This late flurry of of positivity, you know, action in the transfer market. Would they, you know, I think the FSG have a good relationship with Klopp. And I think they're working together to get what they need for the club to be for the club to move forward. Mm. I think Twitter's gone a little bit crazy with this whole FSG stuff. I think a lot of it is also out of their control because clubs, you know, as we know, we're being stubborn with Barcelona. We cop it as well. Don't forget, it's not FSG fault if somebody says no. Mm. You know, we've 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 said we're willing to throw seventy million at Van Dyke. What more do you want? Mm. It's a bit unlucky. Yeah, so I don't know. I'll be I'll be upset if they said okay, hundred million. Yes, we'll give you hundred million for Van Dyke. That's when I'll be upset. Mm. But <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm a, I'm a, I don't even pay attention to this FSG stuff. Right. Just give us the players. Well, on that note, I think we'll we'll leave it there. Um, we, we've given you transfers. We've given you some analysis of Arsenal, how Arsenal does impact upon the transfers. And um, yeah, uh, it's been a positive week and the lads at the Day Trippers will be giving you uh, more updates as, as, as stuff comes through. And yeah, hopefully we'll be back next week for another week on the couch. But um, I'm ready if you are. Yeah, I'm absolutely ready. So. But I miss Nish as well. Yeah, we've got to get Nish on the couch. He's, he's, he's just been married. He's, he's going on sporadic honeymoons and whatnot. We'll get him back on the couch. But, um, I just want to give him a hug. I want to give him a hug on the couch. So uh, hopefully next time we will have Nish on the couch. But until then, uh, this has been George. I've been here with the coach. And uh, enjoy your week, Liverpool. Go you Reds. Summer's coming, Washington, D.C., and so are pesky mosquitoes. Don't let mosquitoes ruin your backyard fun. Call your local True Green experts for True Green Mosquito Defense. This science-based treatment will help control mosquitoes in your yard within 24 hours and keep your family and pets comfortable all season long. Save 50% on your first mosquito service by visiting TrueGreen.com summer or call 877-629-0092. Say goodbye to mosquitoes and hello to the perfect outdoor space for summer. Call True Green. Green today. All this week on NBC4, new products to new technology. Susan Hogan is showing you how local restaurants are changing the way we dine in and take out in this new world. Tonight at 6. A new twist on outdoor eating. A lot of it is creating flexibility. How one local restaurant is making their outdoor space mobile, giving you plenty of sunshine and social distance for a stress-free meal. It's all part of restaurant revitalization. Tonight at 6 on NBC4, working for you. Sports Social Podcast Network.